0: Hey there, I'm Sarah McLaughlin. Thanks for joining me on the Chaos to Calm podcast, a podcast designed for women over 40 who think that changing hormones might be messing with their mood, metabolism and energy and want to change that in a healthy, sustainable and permanent way. Each episode, will explore topics related to health and wellness for women in their 40s, like what the heck is happening to your hormones, what to do about it with nutrition, lifestyle and stress management and inspiring conversations with guests sharing their insights and tips on how to live your best life in your 40s and beyond. So if you're feeling like you're in the midst of a hormonal storm and don't want perimenopause to be horrific, then join me on Chaos to Calm as I share with you how to make it to menopause without it wrecking your relationships and life. Hello and welcome to the Chaos to Calm podcast where we are discussing how to master the chaos of those changing hormones, mood, metabolism and energy in your 40s and beyond. Thank you, perimenopause. I am Sarah, the perimenopause naturopath and this is episode 14. And we are going to be diving deep into hot flushes. Woo! Because if you are getting hot flushes, You know, during the day, night time, whenever they come for you, you're in good company because around 75% of women will experience hot flushes. Some people call them hot flashes during perimenopause. Hmm. I do notice that they tend to come later on in the journey, sort of midway. Remember, I talked about the phases of perimenopause and in an earlier podcast episode and on my blog, I talk about it, but you can also find my handy dandy perimenopause decoder in the show notes is the link for you to go and download it and work out which symptoms of yours might be attributable to perimenopause and also what phase of perimenopause that you're at. So you can know how much longer are you going to have to um be in perimenopause for before you get to make your grand entrance into the next phase of life so perimenopause decoder go download it and work out where you're at and how much and you know is it coming are those flushes coming for you also reminder your perimenopause journey is totally unique to you it'll be different to your mum your sister your aunties grandma's friends you know, those around you. So just because someone else, you know, gets lots of hot flashes, it doesn't necessarily mean that's ever going to happen to you. Um, but we are going to talk about it today. And, you know, it's not inevitable. That's where I was going there. <laughs> Any of the symptoms that I'm ever talking about here on Chaos to Calm podcast, you don't have to resign yourself to having them or experiencing them because, A, well, they may not be part of your perimenopause journey or experience but also there's so much that we can do to help reduce them from happening and that is what we're going to talk about today for hot flushes Uh, because yeah remember I say just because something is common doesn't mean it has to be your normal please keep that in mind always Hear me telling you: just because you're getting older, or just because these things are happening to everyone else, it doesn't mean it has to happen for you. So, hot flushes: what are they? How do they show up in your life? They are, you know, you, you probably have a good idea. Maybe you've experienced them, or you know someone who has. They they're considered a vasomotor symptom, or VMS, like a spasm. So, what it is, it is actually a little different for everyone else, for for most people. So, you might feel a sudden spread of heat from your chest up to your head, or you might feel it from your head down. Or maybe it's just like a sense of heat in your chest and your body, kind of radiating out in all ways there. You're probably going to feel hot, may or may not feel red on the outside, but you're probably going to get red in your face. And you might find yourself hotter than everyone around you, or like layers are your friend if you're getting hot flushes because you're going to be cardigan off, cardigan on, cardigan off, cardigan on. Um, same with the bed clothes, you know, use blankets, make sure you've got a sheet so you can take things on and off as you need but you're going to yeah feel that flush that heat getting red in the face hot and warm in your body maybe your skin might feel burning uh, and you're probably going to get sweaty and then feel possibly very cold afterwards because you're so sweaty and they can occur during the day or at night and I find I've observed that some people you know they'll mostly get them at night, and not in the day or vice versa. again, it's really unique how how this flows. The average duration is four minutes, um, but the frequency and intensity can vary. You might find your hot flush or power surge. <laughs> let's go with power surge i like that anyway um so your your power surge you might find that you just have a general elevated sense of heat in your body during perimenopause like you're running hotter than maybe what you ever used to do before and that could be like getting around in a t-shirt in winter while everyone else is super rugged out so yeah Other symptoms that might come with your hot flush include things like maybe a bit of dizziness or nausea, feeling pressure, or you might even get some palpitations, like heart palpitations there. And that kind of gives us a clue of maybe what else is going on for you in terms of hormones or other neurotransmitters and immune compounds in your body. Now, usually hot flushes will subside a couple of years post-menopause. But unfortunately, for some, that doesn't happen. empathy, sympathy, if that is you I have had clients post menopause clients that yeah, they're still getting heaps of symptoms, and then it's really about helping your body adapt and adjust because it hasn't done that on its own to the lower or changed hormone levels. We need to help it do that by um, supporting and nourishing it there right, so yeah, hot flushes not harmful they're just really annoying and uncomfortable and that is enough reason to do something about them (laughs) them being annoying or uncomfortable not a sign necessarily of dysfunction or something wrong in the body it's still a good reason to do something about it because they're really disruptive to your day and to your sleep and if you don't get enough sleep well we're all just giant toddlers without enough sleep aren't we So let's talk about what causes the flushes. So like lots of things I talk about, uh, modern medicine isn't 100% sure Hmm. because they don't always do enough research because women, our bodies, our hormones, it's complicated. But what I can tell you is that there is uh, a part of your brain that is your control center and for your organs i mean including like your ovaries your adrenal glands your kidneys your thyroid Uh, it's also where your body temperature is managed it's called the hypothalamus it regulates your body temperature now it it's like a thermostat i suppose control center thermostat it sets the tone it's it sets your metabolic rate and and other things as well in conjunction with your thyroid Um, but anyway your brain has a range of temperature usually like your thermostat let's set just say so it makes it easier to talk about that that might be like 18 to 22 degrees normally so you know you can go out in the cold or you might drink a cold drink without shivering violently uh, or you can stand near an oven or and not get dripping in sweat because, you know, they, you can feel the heat from them, but they're not, you know, you've got that vi- ability to vary your temperature within that range without your body overreacting. Now. Welcome to perimenopause, where your brain becomes really hypersensitive to even slight changes in your body temperature. So instead of having that broader thermostat range, say 18 to 22 degrees, we might be operating in 19 to... 19.5 degrees it's a very small range and so the slightest change in your body temperature freaks your brain out sends it into overdrive and it's like oh my gosh we gotta warm you up sister you are cold and so then it does that and you get a hot flush you are heated up and it's like oh my gosh you're too hot we gotta cool you down sweat incoming (laughs) so then you're like super sweaty Finding that happy medium is really hard because there's such that narrow range there. What causes the change in the range? Well, not completely 100% sure because there's not enough research on it. But we think it's because of the estrogen change and estrogen decline. Uh, Of course, because like... (laughs) If I wasn't saying estrogen, I'd probably say progesterone, wouldn't I? Maybe a little touch of testosterone thrown in there. But the estrogen decline affects the balance of your brain chemicals, including serotonin and cortisol. So that's why it's kind of mid to later, because remember at the start of perimenopause, your estrogen is roller coastering, it's going higher than high before it starts to gradually come down. So Uh, When that estrogen crashes and comes down, it brings your serotonin with it, throwing off cortisol, adrenaline, your other uh, brain chemicals and, and hormones there as well. So that fluctuation, that reducing estrogen influences your temperature zone or thermostat and can trigger the hot flushes and then the sweats. Now, something important to consider here is that you might be having flushes or sweats because of the level of stress in your life. You totally knew I was going to mention stress in this podcast, didn't you? Because would it even be a podcast episode with me if I didn't talk about the biggest blocker to health, happiness and weight loss in your 40s? I don't think so. So, yeah, stress, part of your normal stress response, actually, more, it's a more inappropriate stress response, is sweating and heat and And cortisol and adrenaline, when they're at consistently high levels or that chronic higher level with chronic stress can bring, can raise your body temperature and leave you feeling hot and sweaty so as an example, when I was nineteen kilos heavier than what I am now, so before my own personalized nutrition journey i had a, and we'd had a, a experience a whole lot of stress and trauma uh, in our lives and I got around Melbourne in winter time. If you're not in, in Australia and you don't know how cold it is in Melbourne, it's very cold. And where we were living, like it, it would be in single digits, maybe four in the middle of the day uh, with a T-shirt. So I was getting around with a T-shirt on. Because I was really hot and sweaty all the time. Also, would get some heart palpitations, and and that was anxiety and stress related there as well. Cortisol and adrenaline, very stimulating hormones and compounds in the body, and can upregulate all your metabolic processes, and that get, you know leave you feeling hot and sweaty. So that's something to think about if you are experiencing flushes and sweats anything. maybe actually I'm not I don't think I'm in perimenopause or I don't think I'm far enough into perimenopause that I might be getting them you still could get them in the early phases don't get me wrong but it could be something to do with your stress levels now remembering that stress can also come from foods that we're eating or it yeah food compounds and chemicals that we're being exposed to so briefly in the alcohol intolerance podcast episode i mentioned histamine and i talked a bit about histamine now histamine is a brain compound a neurotransmitter it's not a baddie like we do need it it's an immune compound as well but we just when it gets into high levels it's not great for us and it can do things like create that flush and that redness in your face and um racing heart and uh, make you want to dash to the toilet super quick so if your hot flushes if you think that maybe they might be more related with your stress or perhaps they're related with foods like if it's a histamine style response that's giving you flushes it might be you might notice it closer to food and drinks wine and red wine particularly are real triggers for that histamine flushing So, it can be oestrogen, but just remember to have a look and think about those other causes and what might be going on as well. So, just to summarise there, because I did go a little (laughs) far and wide, that we're talking and thinking about the reasons for our flushes. Yes, it could be hormone related, perimenopause, hormone change related. It could also be stress hormone related and it could be histamine um, like food intolerance or sensitivity related but remembering from what i talked about in the alcohol intolerance episode as well histamine and estrogen have a love-hate relationship or they trigger each other so as histamine rises your estrogen rises which increases your histamine increases your estrogen gets a bit cyclical there and troublesome so yeah, it's not just always food is what i was going to say there All right, so we've talked about what your flushes might feel like, why you get them, the temperature zone or your thermostat change there. What are you going to do about it? (laughs) That's what you want to know, right? Because, like I said, this can be common, but it doesn't have to be your normal. So there's lots of um, studies showing various... Non pharmacological, so non medication interventions for managing hot flushes. So things like stress reduction. I just explained to you what cortisol, and adrenaline can do. So it makes sense that I'm going to say that managing your boundaries and your stress and your busyness levels is is something that's going to help. Of course, things like deep breathing, uh, mindfulness-based stress reduction techniques really can help reduce the frequency and severity of hot flushes. Now, one thing I want you to do if you are getting flushes is keep a diary, keep a symptom diary and, and, ha- and make a note when you get a flush and you might notice a natural increase in them if you're feeling stress, or like maybe they happen more at work. So have a think about when they're happening and, and look, at, look for patterns. Always, you know, data is so useful for finding patterns to think and that helps you work out, well, is it stress? uh next thing food i want you to eat a diet that's you know 80 percent nourishing and balanced in nutrients so if you're not sure how to do that remember i've also got the freebie around the chaos to calm balanced meal formula it's in the show notes so head on over to com to find those freebies there so Providing the nutrients and the balance there for your body so that it's got the building blocks for the hormones and the compounds that it needs. Now, the flow-on effect for eating a diet of 80% nourishing foods is that it's going to nourish your liver. The liver is a must for anything related to hormones. So something that you can do relatively easily, I guess it depends on your caffeine, level of caffeine addiction though is switching out one or more of your coffees or teas for a dandelion root tea or dandelion root chai or something like that dandelion root is really fantastic for liver support and it has a nice similar rich bitter taste to coffee Uh, I love dandy chai and there's you know like the wet chais that you can get you can get some wonderful dandelion uh, chais there uh, as well so A diet of 80% nourishing foods is going to provide the building blocks that your liver needs to package up the excess estrogen and um, histamine and things like that and remove them from your body so they can't make mischief. Now, another thing that eating a beautiful 80% at least nourishing balanced uh, diet is going to do is help you address at underlying insulin resistance. Now, this is a really common reason why flushes might start but not finish after menopause is insulin resistance. So, and that can, you know, the flushes and that can come from fluctuating blood glucose levels. So, eating um, sufficient protein, a lovely nourishing diet is going to help keep your blood glucose levels in a, a healthier range, and the same with insulin, there as well. Bonus side effect is that if you have abdominal weight you will shift some of that by eating in that way now something else to note and i said before you know take a diary or keep a diary a symptom diary and tracking when these flushes come that will help you understand if stimulants and other foods are triggering them so when i say stimulants i'm talking alcohol coffee sugar <laughs> i know I am the Death Eater from Harry Potter sucking the life out of the room. (laughs) I'm not saying you have to avoid them all forever, but you'll, you'll notice if they're causing trouble and it might be the quantity or the frequency. So always collecting the data, then we can make informed decisions around what is going on and what we need to change up. So you need to know the food and drinks that are going to trigger you. It could be spicy food. Coffee, alcohol, they're the most common ones there. But keep a food and symptom diary and look for the patterns there. So um, I want to just touch on a bit more about supporting the liver for your hormone balance because it has a really crucial role in hormone metabolism and detoxification. Your liver is responsible for metabolizing those hormones, a.k.a. packaging them up and getting them ready to be eliminated from the body by either the kidneys and your urine or your gut and your bow or your bowel motions. So um, it's really essential for hormone balance. And when we increase stimulants like coffee and, and alcohol and things like that, we're putting a load onto the liver and taking its attention away from your hormones. And that's why part of the reason why those foods and drinks can trigger flushes and and feeling rubbish so switch out some of your coffee servings a your sleep will benefit from it and the more better rested and better sleep you have the less likely you are to have flushes during the day because you've got less stress on your body there bitter tasting foods bitter and sour taste really help stimulate your digestion and help support your liver and stimulate your liver function there as well Um, so you want to you know things like dandelion root that I mentioned, but don't forget vinegars and um, bitter greens like rocket and endive. Research has shown us that the dandelion root extract can help enhance the metabolism of hormones and um, and liver function there as well. So, um, incorporating those liver supportive foods and herbs can really help with your hormone regulation there as well so bitter and sour taste and humans we're designed to avoid them and you know naturally we desire sweet but the bitter and sour is what you need so try and incorporate some of those into each meal Uh, so wonderful woman we have made it to the end of another episode Uh, and I hope you've found this discussion on hot flushes and sweats during perimenopause, informative but also empowering to help you understand what's going on for you and make some changes to take back control and, and help let that not happen so much. Because you know you don't have to let those pesky symptoms ruin your days or your nights, your sleep. If you understand the cause and and collect the data on what that, so that you can make that informed decision around what might be causing it. Or take the data to a health professional who can help you understand and, and diagnose it from there. You really get to take charge of your journey through to peri- menopause and, and beyond. You get to decide how you feel. You know, those common symptoms do not have to be your normal and that's why, I, you know, we've delved into the science behind hot flushes. I've helped you hopefully uncover the role of the hypothalamus and understand how the hormone changes of perimenopause change that thermostat in your brain and contribute to things like hot flushes. Because with that knowledge, you get to start to try and identify and address the underlying factors contributing to your hot moments there as well. I hope you found the practical tips useful to reduce your flushes we've talked about managing stress of course to nourishing your body with foods and don't forget the power of supporting your liver and addressing any underlying insulin resistance absolutely essential steps on your path to hormone balance i think insulin along with cortisol in my opinion are the master hormones they really set the tone in your body and that um important to keep them in balance because the flow-on effect is real, and they will influence your um, sex hormones there as well. Final reminder: perimenopause does not have to be horrific; you can you know embracing a holistic approach and taking charge of your well-being, you get to navigate this phase with energy enthusiasm, and without it wrecking your life or your relationships there. So once more, thank you for joining me today. And I really encourage you to share this episode with other incredible women in your life who would benefit from the information and the knowing about hot flushes. Together, we can really create an empowered community of women who thrive in perimenopause. Like, let's keep talking about it and how it doesn't have to be horrific. Let's change that narrative my one passion and goal in life is to show people there's a different way. We don't have to accept that current common narrative that perimenopause is horrific. So thank you again. Um, I hope you enjoy the rest of your day. Stay tuned for the next episode where I'll be giving you my perimenopause update. Until then, please remember perimenopause does not have to be horrific. It's really common for women over 40 to experience the chaos of changing hormones, mood, metabolism and energy. But I hope you know now that common doesn't have to equal normal for you or them. You can help others understand they aren't alone in feeling this way and that perimenopause doesn't have to be horrific by subscribing, leaving a review and sharing this podcast with other women in their 40s and beyond. Thanks so much for listening and sharing your time with me today in this chaos to calm conversation.